When you think about blues music, does your mind automatically think about B.B. King and Muddy Waters? Do you ever think about who the mother of the blues was? Season 2, Episode 1, this is the story of Ma Rainey, a flashy and pioneering woman who just had an adaptation made for Netflix. And Black History Moments is a podcast dedicated to telling you the stories of Black people who haven't gotten what I consider to be the adequate amount of attention in our history books and in our mainstream media. My name is Shakira, and I am the host here, and this is the story of Ma Rainey. Ma Rainey was born in the 1880s. Now, although her exact birthday isn't known for sure, we do know that her name at birth was Gertrude Pridgett. So there are discrepancies with her birthday and year because there are two conflicting census records. So we don't know for sure if she was born in Columbus, Georgia during 1886 or whether she was born in Alabama during 1882. Now, Ma Rainey herself says that she was born April 26, 1886 in Columbus, Georgia. Um, but the other record doesn't coincide with that. But we're just going to roll with what she said, which was April 26, 1886. Now, Gertrude's parents were Thomas Pridget and Ella Allen Pridget. Now, for Black people during the 1880s and the early 1900s, there weren't many of what we consider today to be quote-unquote professional jobs. And because of that, Black people oftentimes were limited to occupations like farm workers, janitors, domestic workers, hotel waiters, etc., etc. But for the few African Americans that enjoyed entertaining and entertainment, they would sometimes find themselves becoming minstrel troopers or minstrel performers. So Gertrude's parents were just that. Now, unlike white minstrel performers, they would appear in blackface and they would carry out these stereotypes associated with black people. Black minstrel troupe performers will use their authentic blackness as a selling point for their shows. During their shows, they would quote unquote blacken up um, for the audience, often playing upon the negative stereotypes associated with being black. But they will also use their performances as a chance for them to provide political commentary um, alongside the outlandish performances that they were playing out on these stages. So this is what Gertrude's parents did for a living. Being raised by performers and seeing performers so often really aided in Gertrude's developing, you know, a love for music in her youth. So when she was 14, she had one of her first encounters with the spotlight and she performed at the Springer Opera House in Columbus, Georgia for a local talent show called, quote, Bunch of Blackberries. And it said that that was her very first public appearance, but not much of anything else is known about her youth besides that moment. So a few years later, when she left home to tour with a traveling minstrel group, she says that she had one of her very first encounters with what we now know as the blues. And she was in Missouri in 1902 when a young woman came up to her and she started singing a song about a lover that had left her. And so she said that in that moment, she knew that she loved the style and the feel of the blues music. And so she started to incorporate that style that the woman had displayed to her in her own minstrel-like performances, and that made her a pioneer of sorts for the time. 
Now, keep in mind, Gertrude is still young. She's about like 18, 17, 18, 19 during this time. So she continues to tour with this minstrel group that she's a part of. And she met a comedy minstrel performer one night. And he went by the name of William Pa Rainey. Not long after meeting each other, they got married on February 2nd, 1904, and they soon started touring together as Ma and Pa Rainey. So this is where the name Ma Rainey comes from. They would tour across southern states, um, setting up their own tents, preparing their own cabaret show. They would have groups of people alongside them as they got ready for these performances. So people loved her and her style of singing and performing. And a quote from Daphne Harrison's book, Black Pearls, Blues, and Queens, says, quote, her ability to capture the mood and essence of Black rural Southern life in the 1920s quickly endeared her to throngs of followers throughout the South. As Ma Rainey's star continued to rise, she met a young dancer who had just joined the Moses Stokes troupe, and that dancer was Bessie Smith. Now, is it just me, or are you, like, always amazed when you hear about how so many people's stories and journeys are intertwined in some way or another? Like, is that just me? Okay, it's probably just me. So, Bessie Smith, who we now know as the most popular female blues singer of the 1920s and 30s, she started as a dancer. Bessie and Ma Rainey became friends during these tours. And over a decade later of being together, Ma and Pa Rainey separated in 1916. And Ma Rainey, keeping the name, of course, she started touring with her own band, appearing as Madame Gertrude Ma Rainey and her Georgia Smart set. So one quote from the New York Times says, quote, with a mouth full of gold teeth, richly dark skin and flashy jewelry dangling about her, Rainey casts a striking figure with a ruggedly powerful voice and lavish stage presence to match. But that wasn't the only thing about her, you know, that made her become so popular. So do you all recall season one when we covered the story of Gladys Bentley? I hope so. Well, Gladys Bentley wasn't the first black woman who was openly bisexual, you know, as a performer in history. Ma Rainey will use her music to affirm that she was attracted to both men and women. So in her song, Prove It To Me Blues, she says, quote, went out last night with a crowd of friends. They must have been women because I don't like no men. It's true. I wear a collar and a tie. And the song goes on. So she will use her music as a way to display that. Um, and she will also use her music as a way to give some liberation to women so she would never let men be her downfall as we saw she left her husband which was almost unheard of at that time leaving your husband no less so she would use her music as a way to let other women know that they should never let men dictate their feelings so as time goes on her popularity it just continued to rise over the years of touring and eventually she came in contact with a man named J. Mayo Inc. Williams. I know that's a mouthful. Now J. Mayo was a black record producer and his nickname was Inc. because of his ability to get signatures of African-American musicians at the time. So with his help and his persistence, she recorded her very first record in 1923 at the age of 38. Never give up on your dreams, people. Never give up. So the label that she recorded for was Paramount. 
Sound familiar? Now, Paramount at this time was just a furniture company in Wisconsin. Paramount wanted to get into the record recording business, and with that, Ma Rainey became one of the very first blues musicians ever recorded. While she was signed to Paramount, she recorded what is said to be about 100 songs, but when Paramount went bankrupt in the 1930s, all of those recordings went out of print, and they didn't start back printing those until the 1960s, I believe. So, rewind back to the current time, the 1920s. So Paramount dropped her contract because they said that blues music was no longer popular. She continued to tour for her audiences that still loved her, even if the style of music at the time was changing. She still had groups of people that just held her at such high esteem, and they didn't care if people weren't into blues anymore because they would still attend her shows. So she continued to also mentor, and she became a great friend to that young dancer, Bessie Smith. Um, People often actually say that she was a huge influence on Bessie's career. And if you watch the Netflix movie, Mom Rainey's Black Bottom, you'll hear some references about Bessie Smith within that movie. But although if you watch the movie um, and you hear the references, in reality, there were no hard feelings between Mom Rainey and Bessie Smith. Mom Rainey and Bessie Smith, they shared... Um, a love for blues and performing, but they also became good friends because both of them were openly bisexual. And we know during this time, this is the early 1900s, um, this was unheard of for people to be openly um, bisexual. It was unheard of to anyone to be openly anything but straight. So this was a huge deal for the both of them, and that really cemented, well, helped cement their relationship as friends and also mentor and mentee. So Ma Rainey, she performed and worked alongside Louis Armstrong, Jelly Roll Morton, and more throughout the 1930s in Chicago. This is after she was dropped by Paramount. Um, so she was living in Chicago before she moved back to Georgia in 1935. And she moved back to Georgia in 1935 because her mother and sister passed. I'm not sure what happened, but they both passed and that caused her to move back home. So while she moved there... She focused on two theaters that she actually purchased. One of those theaters was named the Lyric Theater, and the other was named the Air Dome. Now, Ma Rainey, she passed four years later in 1939 from a heart attack that she suffered. And on her death certificate, they listed her occupation as housekeeping. All those years she spent being a renowned performer and business owner, And they list her job as housekeeping. Mm. Moving on. Ma Rainey was inducted into the Blues Hall of Fame in 1983, years later, and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1990. Although that sounds like it's a long time ago, it's not really that long ago. So before Netflix's adaptation of August Wilson's play, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, starring Viola Davis and Chadwick Boseman, I hadn't heard of Ma Rainey's story. I didn't know who she was. Actually, when I went into watching the movie, I just thought it It was a fictional um, kind of situation. I thought this was 
a made up character until I really started digging into who she was. And I was like, wow, this was a real person. Like, this is a real story. So I highly recommend you check it out on Netflix because hopefully this episode will have provided you more context on who she was as a person before you watch it. Now, also, there is a museum in Columbus, Georgia. The museum is a house, the house that she once owned. It was once owned by Ma Rainey. They fixed it up after years of it being neglected. And I read that they've actually been hit hard as many people have with the COVID pandemic. So they're hoping that the film, the Netflix film will drive more people to want to know about Ma Rainey and hence some more visitors to the museum. So if you're ever in Columbus, Georgia, stop by real quick, you know, um, see her house along with with some artifacts, original artifacts that are in that museum. I plan on visiting once I get a chance and who knows, maybe I'll be able to do something where we can kind of like film the visit some kind of way. We'll see, hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, but with that being said, remember that you too are Black History. Please share this episode with your friends, post it on your stories, tweet it, anything you wish to do um, so we can help get these stories of these amazing people out there into the world. And I will talk to you all next week with a new story of a notable figure in history, more specifically, Black History. Bye, guys. <laughs>